from the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Happy New Year. It is 2022 and it's crazy. We're going to talk a little bit about that and maybe how God is guiding us into the future. Into That sounds like kind of like a, I don't know, like a movie script or something. He's guiding <laughs> us into the future. But uh, how, how we're anticipating this new year. Uh, but first we need to tell you we are a podcast that deals with culture, missions, healthy church. And we have a few people that are here. Uh, so I'm Scott Armstrong, but to my left is Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To my right, AJ Fry. Hey, guys. Across from me, Natalie Franco. Hello. And to her right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact the bumblebee bat is the world's <laughs> smallest mammal. Oh, like bat, like flying bat. Yeah. That's for some reason, I thought like a baseball bat when you <laughs> <we> started talking. <laughs> <laughs> baseball bats that are mammals. The bumblebee no. bat. Say it again. The bumblebee bat is the again. world's smallest <laughs> mammal. It's also known as the kitty's hog-nosed bat. What? Oh, Obviously. I've heard of the hog. No, I've heard of the hog-nosed bat. No, but bat. a kitty's <laughs> hog-nosed. Kitty's is important. And it's so, not spelled like kitty, like a why, kitten. Why are we, why are we mixing animals? The bumblebee. It's probably and bat, like a distant the kitty cousin. Hog. A hog. Bat. I don't a, understand. A <laughs> buffalo. What was it? Buffalo? A beefalo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the fun fact that changed Natalie's life. <laughs> Do you know what the same? Do you know what a bat is? Do you know uh, what Murcielago? Murcielago. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. bat. It, it's so, so it's much tiny. easier to say in English. Bat. Okay. Murcielago. <laughs> it's little. I know. I know okay. Murcielago. Yeah. How big is it? How big is this? Um, of course I have information yeah. for you. Uh, it weighs in at 0. 0.05 to 0. 0.07 ounces. Wow. Wow. Not even wow. Head, head to body length of 1.14 to 1.29 inches. Whoa. And a wingspan of 5.1 to 5.7 inches. I'm seriously imagining now, AJ, you know how you look, or maybe Chelsea, you actually help us with this Uh-oh. as well. On social media, <laughs> when we're looking for an image to put on the episode page. Oh, it's page. now AJ. Oh, it's, yeah. But it's going to be that image. It's going to be that <laughs> yeah. tiny I'm bumblebee bat. They find them bumblebee in, bat. You have to go to Thailand. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll book your plane ticket. Okay, I'll take a picture of it. Because <laughs> Google doesn't exist anymore. No. <laughs> I was going to say. Fun fact, Google doesn't exist. I was going to say, Chelsea, I'm not sure you know how photography works. <laughs> or the internet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, um, always a fun fact. You're starting our year out r- well. And we want to, I don't know if you remember from our last episode, we kind of talked about how God was faithful in an awesome 2021. Some people will be like an awesome 2021. That's not how I felt like the year was, you know, uh, it was a tough year in many ways. Uh, but, uh, it was awesome. It was a good year. God was faithful. Uh, and so now we're going to not look back. We're going to look forward and we're kind of using the the topic that we use often. And we just say, been thinking it's an exciting uh, way to just say, what have you been thinking about? It's, it's an excuse to just say, we've been thinking about a lot. That's maybe not worth its own topic, its own episode. Uh, but we're going to all share kind of what we've been thinking about, but with a focus on the coming year. So let's start with Emily. Uh, what have you been thinking about, especially with regards to a new year, 2022? Yeah, mine might be um, a little bit 
shorter. Um, but I've been thinking about in the past year, because Scott and I are missionaries and we're global missionaries, I have a lot of friends that have been um, stuck in transition, is what I would say, mm. because of the pandemic. Um, and I've talked with a lot of them, actually, and there are many missionaries in our denomination that had to leave their country of service, and they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they weren't able to either go back, or if they went back, they're going to a different assignment, or they're going back to a completely different place. There's so much like that's changing in the world of their world and their assignment literally because a global pandemic hit. And so, um, those are, that's what I've been thinking about. I don't have like any complete thoughts of, so here's what I think God's doing and blah, blah, blah. But I think the, the question and the, the conversation that I would love to hear from you guys is, um, one thing that I've been thinking through in my own life is how long do we feel like we can be still and know that you are God? You know, I, I think mm. that as a, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, it's easy to preach that passage of, you know, God wants us to be still and know that you are God. But is there a place that God um, wants us to be still, but at the same time start to be active, you know, like the, the participating in what he's doing? And I know that that is part of preaching that passage well, is it's an active waiting Um but just thinking, you know, if this was my life, if I had had a year that I was just waiting, uh, would I have looked to move on? Would I have been like this? I am just t taking this down now. And like God said, no, we're not supposed to be missionaries and we're supposed to do something else. I kind of feel like that's my personality, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, it's been a year. We're not supposed to do this. He's trying to show me something else. Um, but just want to kind of know, I know that's my personality. And so I feel like God's been like checking my spirit almost of if I ask you to do something different. And it's a long time. I've been dwelling a lot on the Israelites were in the desert for 40 years before they went to the promised yeah. land, right? And they just had to constantly lean on this promise of you're going to get there eventually. You're going to get there. That's hard for me as a person yeah. of leaning into this long extended time of waiting and knowing that you're God and you can see him at work and active in that thing, but that wait. So I guess that's what I bring to this conversation of how do you guys feel about long extended waits? How do you find God's footprints or fingerprints even in the midst of? I think um, it's bringing to mind how discouraging it's been as we, many people who listen to this podcast know that we like really are trying to help people that have a call to missions to be missionaries. Yeah. And it's been discouraging to us to hear some people that started out pre pandemic and they're like, yes, this is my call. I'm excited. Right. And for some reason during the pandemic and, and maybe God is speaking, you know, and, and guiding them in a different direction. I, I leave open the door for that possibility. But in other cases, it's discouraging to think because they've been in the waiting room. And that's the, the image that I say, you know, that I use, it's the waiting room here, like not necessarily where you want to be yet, uh, that they've just been like, uh, I think I'm out, yeah. you know, and, and on the other side, I have to say, um, it's been really encouraging to see literally there's a guy from Nicaragua, mm -hmm. uh, a younger guy that, that was, set to go and everything closed down March, 2020 That's and, so uh, and talking with him every time, uh, he's, he's been approved to be a missionary. He's, he's raising funds. And he's been trained. He's been trained. <laughs> he just needs to go. Yeah. And, and, wow. and, and literally we're just like, every time we talk with him, he's like, I'm ready. I'm going, I'm like, his passion has not diminished in this time. I want to be like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that's, I think maybe that's one way that God uses 
our different personalities mm-hmm. is that there's people like that that know that they've been called to something. And so he keeps them, I don't know, sustained in their passion, like you're saying. But then there's other people like maybe you and myself, especially too, that like he knows that if we stay in one spot for too long, we're going to look for something else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he knows all of us, right? Yeah. And so I think I think he can use that um, to our benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would even say uh, maybe someone is listening right here and saying, um, okay, so what difference does that make? Like, you know, it, it could make a difference in your life, but I would say there are so many missionaries that have either come on home assignment and it's been the longest home assignment ever because they can't get back to their country. Right. Like literally it's been two years of like, I guess I'm just in my home country, but I'm still a missionary. And yep. so what does that look like? Yep. And, um, it, it, would you, if you're listening to this, would you pray? You may not know the names. You may not know all of the details. Uh, you may not know the countries, but would you pray for missionaries that are just in a holding pattern that are just in a, a, a waiting time? And I think, Honestly, thank you for bringing this, uh, Emily. Uh, we've been thinking about it because there's literal friends and colleagues and and just people that are just like, what do we do in this time? Yeah. Um, but pray for pray for us, pray for them, especially in this time. Well, and I would say specifically pray that God continues to give them hope. Like if the promise is for them to continue having this missionary career and being missionaries, um, I think that there are some of them that are in a space of it's easy to lose hope because yeah. it's just like, especially it feels like every time that things start to kind of change and open up again, all of a sudden you hear something in other countries or in another part of the world that's like, no, actually something's come back with COVID and now we're in a fourth wave. And I mean, I've heard people saying this is until 2025. And like, I knew, I know that if I was a missionary, I'd be like till 2025, 2026, like I need to be doing something with my life then. Like right, I can't right. do this, you know, that God would just continually, I, I put my friends that know that that's what God has for them uh, frequently in my prayers and like the position of Abraham and Sarah who received a promise from God in Hebrews literally says they died, not seeing the promise fulfilled, you know, that they saw Isaac being born. However, um, they were not able to say like, we see the nations being blessed and we see, but they continued to walk the faithful path. And so, um, that's the prayer that I'm praying for them and asking that the Lord would continue to mold and shape my own heart and that hope and in wait. Thank you, Emily. Um, let's go to Chelsea. What have you been thinking? So my topic's a little uh, vague, <laughs> but um, I have been having a lot of conversations lately about calling, like the Lord's calling on someone's life versus their identity in God and just like, who are you as a person versus like just Christian responsibility. So like I have a friend that is a pastor. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's um, involved in her community. She's super dynamic, all of those things. Um, And she often, and I feel like this is probably a true statement for most women in ministry. She often gets told that her calling is supposed to be motherhood. And it almost gets weaponized against her that she is a pastor instead of being just a mom. Mm. And um, I feel like that's probably true of women in workplace, not just pastoral ministry. But um, so my question is, 
how do we teach the difference between calling and identity? Because to me, and responsibility, because to be a mom, to me, to be a good mom is, is a Christian responsibility, not necessarily a calling. And I might be stepping on some toes, and I apologize <laughs> if that's the case. I'm obviously, I'm not a mom. That's one thing. <laughs> um, but I, I know, I know her, and I know myself, and I know the Lord has called her to be a pastor. I am 1,000%. The fruit of her life proves that her calling is to be a pastor. And um, she's great at it. She's fantastic. And she's a great mom. She's, she loves her, her little girl so much. Um, so how do I help her see that she's not faltering on a calling of her life by saying that she is a pastor and a mom? Does that make sense? There are so many things mm-hmm. in the Bible uh, that are really for all of us. I mean, we could even take the Great Commission. You know, that's not just for some right. missionaries or for some pastor. And so uh, there are a lot of things that Jesus would say, that Paul would say, uh, things in the Old Testament that we would be able to look at each other and we'd be able to be like, no one is exempt from this. We are. This is our calling as Christians. Yeah. At the same time, you look at different people and the call for Peter was different than the call for Paul and and the call for David was different than Isaiah. And, and, you know, and, and, and and I look around this room, the call for not the your, your call is maybe a little different than, than my call, you know, and that's okay. And so I think you're getting that at the root of like the identity of who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. It certainly should influence every relationship. And, uh, and we should be disciple makers and followers of Christ. We should be holy as God is holy. These are things that are, are he's designed for all of us. At the same time, not everyone is called to be a cross-cultural missionary. Not everyone is called to be a pastor. Uh, we could even say called to be an accountant, an architect, right. called to, you know, it, those are very specific. Yeah, what I think I find interesting, Chelsea, about your circumstance and even the way that you're phrasing it is that maybe she feels it more coming from this church conversation. So, like, let's put it into she's an architect. Is she still going to get that pushback, right? Like, well, you're an architect, but really your calling is to be a mom, right? (laughs) And it's like, "Mm, I don't know, at least not in the United States. I don't think so. I think that we still in the church struggle with women in ministry, even though in the Church of the Nazarene, we, since the very inception of the denomination, have had a place for women in ministry. I feel like there is still a a lot of breaking the glass ceiling. And as a woman, as an ordained elder in the Nazarene church that I love, there are still glass ceilings that we are needing to break in the church that I feel like have been broken in the United States. I can't speak for the global context, right? But in the United States that have not necessarily been broken, you know, in the church that have in, in the marketplace. And what a lot of people say is marketplace Christianity of, you know, the people that are not serving the church directly, you know, that they're not exercising their vocation through being in ministry with church. Um, so it's interesting to me that may, it makes me wonder, and we'll never know, but it makes me wonder, would she be having this identity crisis of sorts if she was an architect or a teacher or a nurse or, you know, some other profession that was not specifically a pastoral position and that, that I don't know, but that's concerning to me, but something that, um, as 
again, a woman in ministry that I feel is like a piece of my calling. Speaking of calling, I feel like I counsel a lot of younger women to continue pushing through continue because if God has placed that on your life and this is the path that you're supposed to be on, then he will open up the doors that need to be opened. And it comes with a lot of hard conversations. I've had a ton of hard conversations and usually a lot of it is because God's backed you up because you can go back to scripture because you can, it's not because of man's approval, even though, you know, an ordination is like, oh, but it's this divine, you know, of we are using humanity to come and be a conduit of God's grace when we ordain um, that I, I just think it's it's very interesting to me to think about your friend. And is it feeling this way because it's a church conversation as mm. opposed to a marketplace conversation? Yeah. Well, I've like I've even had the same conversation in my own heart and head about like, my identity is not missionary. My calling is to serve cross-culturally, mm-hmm. but my identity is daughter of God. Like my identity is the promises that God has in scripture for me. It's not what he expects out of yeah. me. And so I think even like drilling in a little bit more with my friend, like, I think a piece of it is she's trying, she's struggling of like calling versus identity in the sense of like, I, I am a pastor. I am a mother. And if I am not doing those things, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. And so I like, and I'm, I'm using my friend as an example, but I've, I've seen this so much in the church. Like, who are we? And if the church isn't teaching who we are, like, what are we doing to create healthy church? If, yeah. if a congregant, let alone a pastor, but if a congregant can't say, this is my identity, this is who I am. And my calling is to do this or yeah. to be this. Then I, I think there's a, a distinction that we need to, to separate. I think maybe sometimes we put calling like on this one track. Yeah. method. And I think calling, at least in my life, I can see how God has evolved calling. Oh yeah. Right. So it's like what I mm. thought my calling was when I was 15 is different than what I think my calling <laughs> is now Shocking. that I'm 44. Yeah. Yes, Shocking. I'm 44. I'm, I know women usually don't tell their age, but <laughs> proud 44 year old. <laughs> but to me, and even, you know, to, I am right now in this season of life called to be a very good mom. That is a part of my calling. And I know that God has said in this season of life, however, I am quickly leaving the season of life where I need to dedicate so much time and effort and resource to my children because they're moving on with their own lives. And so my calling will shift and evolve again. I will continue to be mom, but the calling of how I exercise that will be different. And so I think that there is a lot of like evolutionary side of calling. It's not just one thing that God like has one calling and you never do anything else. I think that there's a lot of things that as we get older and mature and our faith grows, there's like, Oh, God's like created me to do so much more than I ever would have thought or imagined for myself. That's good. Well, and shame on us. If we are uh, honestly not viewing all of our life as God's calling, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it was very interesting what you were saying about if someone is a businessman or a businesswoman, uh, well, that's not call calling. I mean, but right. pastor, oh yeah, that's a calling. You mm-hmm. know? And, and so what if everything, every moment is holy, every profession is a calling every, every, Amen. you know, what, if, what if that, <laughs> I think that's probably the air, uh, mm. that your yeah. friend is feeling and that we're kind of wrestling with here. Mm. 
ah, we need more time to talk about this. Podcast yeah. episode, take a note, Scott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Uh, but let's continue on. Uh, I'm interested in knowing what, Natalie, what have you been thinking? Well, um, I've been thinking a lot about a sermon that I've heard. Um, it was interest, interesting. It was interesting because that pastor, he's from Mexico. His name is Andres Spiker. Um, and he was uh, given a sermon for New Year's, for New Year. And um, it was interesting for me to see that he was not talking about goals for the New Year's, but he was talking about risk. Mm. Mm. And I was like, wow, mm. <laughs> risk for a new year? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> why? But then yeah, he was talking and I want to say something that he said that really, really impacted me. And he said, you put your future at risk if you don't risk your present. Wow. If you don't risk your present, you cannot see miracles in your future. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, even though the present is a, a great risk, it is risk here um, to not see a future full of miracles. And he was given this beautiful, and for, for me was so interesting, a new, new perspective of the journey of Jesus uh, to the cross. Wow. And he was pretty much like related this with the risk. He was saying Jesus put his life at risk. Yeah. He's present at risk. And because of him, because of that risk, now we have a future. Mm -hmm. Now we have salvation. Wow. And, and he was saying also, like he was saying to his congregation when he was giving the sermon, um, my grandmother, like you guys are in here because of my grandmother. Like mm -hmm. I can, like you have no idea what happened, but now I'm going to tell you. He was mm -hmm. saying uh, 70 years ago, he was saying um, a little girl, she was only 19 year old. She was missionary. She moved from Michigan to Michoacán, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds the same, culturally very different. It is, it is like the same almost. Uh, she moved at 19 year old in 1948. Wow. She just grabbed a truck with Wait, the roads. What? Yeah, a what? truck. Uh -huh. <laughs> with the roads of 1948, like, Wow. Like she, he was saying, you can imagine, you can see the roads now in Mexico, but by that <laughs> right. time, you can imagine how hard that like she put her her life, her security at yeah. risk yeah. to move, to become a missionary. And because of that, because that risk, my parents like grew up in here and they planted this church. Mm. And because of that, we are in here. And because of that, yeah. we are a missionary church. Wow. Because of that, we sent lots of missionaries. Because of that, he was yeah. talking about that. Yeah. Like how like someone in the past risked her present mm. so they could have a future. Wow. Um, and he was asking, and it was like really, like he was like, God, are you talking? <laughs> 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 he was saying like, why don't we risk our strength, our money, our ministry mm. to expand God's kingdom, mm. to see what God is able to do in the future. Um, and I was thinking a lot um, about my past. I have also something to share about that. My great-grandmother, she was a pastor. And um, I remember every time my mom tell me about her ministry, she got the calling when she was... I, a mother when she was a, an adult, when she had all her key, her children, and she risked everything at the mm. point at the point she lost her husband, um, and 
because of that, now I'm able to see in my hometown three churches that uh, mm. were planted from her wow. her church, like wow. her work. And every time I'm thinking about that I'm calling, three generations later, yeah. that I'm calling to um, risk my life as well to become a missionary, I have this faith and this strength that I was not the first one in my family, mm-hmm. that my great-grandmother, she risked her present. And because of that, I have this confidence that God is going to be with me also uh, wow. cool. in my present and also he's going to do mm-hmm. great things. So I okay. um, just want to finish this. And I, I want to ask, as he was asking, like, what, what is God calling you to risk in mm-hmm. this 2022 um, and he was saying, and I want to say, maybe um, he is calling you to risk a new way to give offerings, or he's asking you to risk, like to be risk at opening a Bible study group or a start a new project <laughs> that God has planted in your heart, um, but or do something great for God's kingdom. I don't know, you know that, but how incredible will be that this year we believe more in God, we decide more for God, and we risk more for his kingdom. This is a topic, thank you for your testimony, this is a topic that fascinates me, and I have studied a little bit as well. If you look at the parable of the talents, a lot of times we talk about that, but literally the guy that gets... Well, I mean, he gets thrown into into hell, into eternal judgment, um, because he buried his talent. We could say in another way, he did not take a risk, but he didn't use the talent. Right. Like we're not saying he wasted it as far as like he the, the owner came back and said, "Where's my talent?" And he said, "Oh, I blew it on stuff that doesn't even matter." No, in comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he. I mean, he had the talent still, you know. But there's clearly something that Jesus is saying with this parable that's like, if you are given something, granted something, uh, uh, and, and you don't do something with it, if you don't actually put it to work, if it, in some ways risk it, right, mm-hmm. for the kingdom, then you actually are the antithesis of what you know, a God follower is. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. And, and, and there are so many people that, that say, when, like, thinking, Jesus risked it all so that we wouldn't have to. That is terrible theology mm. because he, yes, mm. he risked it all. So he died so that we may have life, but he also died so that we may die also. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, you know, right. and, and I think that's important so that yeah. we may take up our cross, that we may follow him. And that is a risky thing that can cost us friendships that can cost us influence or power or authority. And so uh, I think yeah. this is a, a message that's needed as we start this year. Yeah. I often I often think about like, I wonder if every person were such a follower of Christ, they were willing to risk all of it, everything that they, they know, all their comfort, especially like how radical would that be? How powerful the kingdom of God would be? How evident, how visible would the kingdom of God be? If every person who called themselves Christian would actually follow Jesus and his way above everything. I mean, no, I know we say that a lot in the church, but we don't practice it a lot in the church. But what if everybody did practice it that much? Like that just gets me so excited. Like, yes, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. I know. 
I mean, I'm probably the first one to say that I like comfort. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's so much more worth it. The kingdom yeah. of God is so much is worth so much more than my comfort. Well, and you can see how everything, just like as you read the Bible and you can see God's story all knit together, you can, I mean, when Scott was talking, it triggered in my mind, and we've talked about it before, but Ephesians 2, that it says we literally are created for the good works that have been prepared for us to do. And so God obviously knows that you're going to have to risk something in order to do the thing that I already have for you to do. So using your testimony of your grandma, you know, he was like, I know she's going to have to risk it. And it goes back to Jesus's teaching even of like, you're going to have to separate from your family sometimes in order to do what I have for you to do. Not everybody's going to say yes to it. And I still require that you say yes. And it requires the risk and that there's a good thing that I have created for you to do. And it's, I think that's the encouraging thing of hearing a testimony that's like been in the, in the works for 50 years, 70 years, 90 years, when it's like, oh, you're not just seeing the pebble hit the water right now. You literally are living in the fourth ripple or the fifth ripple. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I can see how I got here. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And God's awesome. And yeah, it just, it's, it's all connected. God connects everything. It's not like you don't take one thing out of context, you know, and in the Bible, like put it all into God's story of what he has for our life to be the most abundant life that we potentially could live. Yeah. Another tiny parable that talks about risk. Just remember there's a treasure in this field and the person so sells all that they have to buy mm-hmm. that field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. <laughs> may be looked at by family and friends as a dumb idea, right. you know? <laughs> but you know, the treasurer, the treasure oh, that's yeah. there, oh, yeah. you yeah. know what the kingdom of heaven is, you know, and he oh, says, yeah. that's like the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. We, we, my goodness, without risk, we may lose it all. Mm. We're truly without mm. risk. Um, I think we have a, a quick moment. Uh, AJ, I know that you and I have talked a little bit and this year is you're looking forward. You're saying, I want this year, uh, to focus on a few things. Would you be able to kind of quickly tell us some of those? Yeah. So this past year, um, I was reading this book by Richard Foster, uh, Celebration of Discipline, and it's very convenient because there are 12, he lists 12 spiritual disciplines, and uh, there are 12 months in the year. So I took one month uh, for each discipline, and I, I read the chapter, and I, I tried to practice that discipline, and that was very formational for me. At the same time, um, what I did a couple years ago is I read the, the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels a month, every month, and that was super transformational for me. God showed me a lot through that. So I did the same thing last year, 2021, um, with Proverbs. And again, like one of my, one of my life prayers has been, God, give me wisdom. And so I was like, well, the book of wisdom is Proverbs. So why don't I just <laughs> read that book? Read. You know? Yeah. Um, so I did that. Um, and that's very convenient also because there's 31 chapters. There's 30 or 31 days in each month. And so that was very convenient. Read a chapter a day. And that was that was great. So looking forward to this year, um, I want to do the d- spiritual disciplines again because I did not. <laughs> I, I wasn't even close to mastering them for one, but like... Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't think you can do. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't think that's how it works. But I, I just want to grow so much more through those, and so I'm going to do that again. Um, but I'm looking for like another another book of the Bible to read or books, um, possibly, and I want to focus a lot more on like healthy church and and church planting. I feel like God is leading us uh, into church planting a little bit more, and so I want to 
one to read that. I thought about reading um, some of Paul's letters to to the to the churches. Um, but what do you like? Do you guys have any recommendations? What What are some books or um, some recommendations for like reading from the Bible? that uh, I, I could read. It, Paul's letters are what come to mind. And yeah. it's ironic because those are unhealthy churches. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, mean except, I guess on what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess sure. Philippi was the closest that's like, Hey, things are happening. It's pretty good here. You know, yeah. but there are some others where he's like, you fools and you, yeah. you know, and all this, and it's Galatians comes to mind. Um, <laughs> but, but ironically, it may be the place to say, Let's investigate and see what's unhealthy. Mm. But clearly Paul is charting away for health, right? You know, saying right. here's what you need to do course, correct, even repent, you know, yeah. um, to be, be healthy. So that comes to my mind. I don't yeah. know if somebody else has some other. I was going to say Leviticus. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because you want to see him read and yeah. meditate through Deuteronomy yeah. and Leviticus. I would love to and know what comes out on the other end of that. <laughs> that could be interesting. A lot of legalism. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't think I need more of that in my life. Yeah. I think there's a verse in there that's something about the women going on the roof of the house and they're like sweeping the roof. Are you going to make me go on the roof and sweep? Yes. This is healthy church. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would recommend Acts. Yeah. I know that a lot of people that have been trying to know more about church planting and think about what was the primitive church like. And as you think through pr primitive church things, it's not like we can be exactly like they were 2000 years ago, but what were the concepts that they mm. were practicing? And when you see Paul on his missionary journeys, like the letters that we have are the results of these journeys that we see written down in, in acts. Mm. And so what were the things and some of the, you know, just off the top of my head, you see him meeting in groups groups of prayer that were already established. Mm. You see him going to um, city squares where there's influential people. You see him. So like, what are some of the concepts that you can see consistently in, in his journeys? And as they started churches all over, you know, Asia Minor, what we know to be Asia Minor nowadays. Mm. Um, and even some of those things of, as you get to chapter 16, 17, you start to see where the spirit says, don't go there. Like, even though you have this plan, like there's something else that I have for you to do, you know, and, mm. and to be able to see that even though we have like this master plan, that the Holy Spirit's the one that still is continuing to guide even in church planting. Um, so I, I think if I were in your position being like, I want to learn about church planting, I think I would like live in Acts for a year. I yeah, think that could be really good. transformational for me. I that's might good. do that this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and even the classic texts at the end of chapter two and chapter four of Acts, you know, where it just says, uh, the believers had everything in common and they yeah. were meeting together and they were breaking right. bread. Like those, it, it may seem like just a description, but literally you can see, okay, they were sharing meals together. They were sharing the word together. They were giving generously. There were, there's a lot of principles right there for sure. a church, healthy yeah. church, and for starting healthy churches. Yeah. You know, th this was the church starting, you know, yeah. and the Holy Spirit moving, and that's what we want to see. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. I would say just to our listeners, not necessarily to AJ. I know he's he reads his Bible. I watch him every morning. Um <laughs> Not creepily, <laughs> um, but we recently did like we were in the States for a little while and I was talking to a lot of people. And as we start this new year, like focusing on scripture is so healthy. It was shocking <laughs> how many people don't read the Bible. Yeah. They read devotionals. Yeah. Or they read commentaries. 
but like literally picking up your Bible. And like Emily was saying, read the story of God. Don't cherry pick it like AJ's doing. Read an entire book or read a section like a, a the Gospels over and over again to let it soak in. I've been reading the the Bible through in a year, like from start to, to finish. And that has been so enlightening because I haven't taken it out of context. Yeah. And so just to our listeners, like if you're looking for this new year, how to get in the word more, just pick up your Bible. <laughs> just, just start reading. I, I know that sounds too simple, but I, I'm, I, if you need a place to start, AJ would highly recommend the gospels. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I would too. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we have been thinking about a lot and it is a new year and we want, we want to be different by the, when the end of 2022 comes, uh, we don't want to say, well, this has been the same and we haven't grown in any ways. We have never arrived. We've never gotten to the end. Um, and so I, I hope that if you were listening, that that would be your desire as well. Emily, if someone wants to share kind of what they're, I, we can call them resolutions, but maybe even commitments, what they're really saying, this is what I hope for this next year or what I'm committed to this next year. And we would invite you to do that. Please do that. Uh, where can they do that? You can find us on our Facebook page, The Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also engage with us on our website, www.mesoamericagenesis.org. And there's a podcast tab that you can find. Awesome. Share our podcast with somebody else, and um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are The Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. And we will talk with you next time. Happy New Year. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.